Chapter 67 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 67 Dr. Juno's Plans Laid Before the Secret Order of Naturalists. Beloved naturalists, I have need this evening to lay before you my plans, which I have already in operation throughout the West, and I propose to have them as speedily inaugurated in the East and South as possible. Harry Gossamer, the man whom the bloody conspirators are still under the impression is dead in the sea, has been my right-hand man throughout the West. He goes under an assumed name. His wealth has given him power to reach what are called the better classes of thinking people, as well as the less apt or less cunning classes of the working man, and I can call any day upon the West for an immense army. I have also Jemmy, the former overseer of the insane asylum, whom I had pardoned, working amongst the Irish and other Catholics throughout the Northwest. And further, as you know, we have vanquished the sacredly secret conclave, and I have General Washington Armington restored to manhood, and he is ready to go into the field when the trumpet of the naturalist shall sound. Therefore we are having a public of our own. But still I will give you my plans for a thorough overthrow of money and sectarian monopoly. Jesus Christ advocated doing things in secret that cannot be appreciated by dogs and swine and, as he is our exemplar, we shall heed his teachings. Therefore, here, east and west, as in the west, I shall propose to introduce our doctrines and plans, for the purpose of overpowering the spirit of Antichrist, into all the now existing secret societies in which the working men are members. In the west, Harry Gossamer has been perfectly successful with all the secret beneficial societies, the Freemasons, Knight Templars, and a few other aristocratic organizations were skipped, and whilst the members of these secret societies are naturalists, according to our secret order of naturalists, they are not known as such, as they go by their old names. It is important to let our enemies think that we are feeble in means and numbers, whilst they claim to be strong and numerous. Moreover, they really think that the people have faith in their teachings hence do not fear to war with us. And when the strife will begin, we will astonish them, by not only mustering an immense army of drilled and secretly equipped soldiers, but when the thousands of their own cowardly dupes, who are still their followers for gain of some kind, will desert their ranks and step into our field, which will be blooming with more natural and congenial fruit. These are my plans and when our views are ably presented to the working people, who always should have been the rulers of America, but who have been ruled by scoundrels in the various sectarian, political, and lucre-grubbing rings, and who care no more for the poor bone and sinew of the land than a monkey cares for the multiplication table. Show me any Christ-like love for the race of mankind as emanating from our opponent's side of the house. Show me where the fallen, the poor, the misled, the debauched, are taken by the hand, as Christ so humanely and beautifully inculcates, 
and are raised to manhood, are elevated, are invited to reform, to repent, and are blessed with favorable conditions by which they would be made to grow sound and finally would become partakers of the kingdom of God. I might go on and cite innumerable instances where the race could be improved. But degenerative circumstances are increasing with the increasing wealth of individuals and corporations, whilst the spirit of sect and party hoodwinks those who would govern church and state aright. And the grand aim and end of this whole fabric of the bloody conspirators is to become the owners of everything, and the result is apparent in the signs of the times. If this machine of human affairs fails to work aright, it is no fault of the Creator, no fault of Jesus Christ, no fault of the Holy Spirit, no fault in the science of life, no fault of a sound physiology. But it is the fault of those who are breeders of sinners, those who increase and multiply their own species under deteriorating circumstances, thereby springing imperfect, sickly, criminally organized children into existence, who cannot act otherwise than their own congenital defects direct them to do. And such pitiable creatures are easily gulled, are driven to the wall, and when they cannot help committing petty crimes, are imprisoned in dungeons, or punished for the sins which their generators have thrust upon them, whilst the wholesale thieves, cutthroats, and sensual propagators of imbeciles are the honored and feted of this land where milk and honey should flow. Are we then blind also to the multitudinous grievances that continually embroil our country, and rob the children of earth of their inalienable rights? Or are we ready to proclaim salvation to the fallen, the poor, the humble, the congenital or hereditary criminal, by using the means that God ordained for this purpose? Or will we lie calmly quiet, and permit those scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites, whom Christ has condemned with eight of the most terrible woes as recorded in the twenty-third chapter of St. Matthew, to proclaim salvation by tongue and lip, when their hearts and good works are far from the work that was ordained for its bona fide fulfillment. We need eloquent apostles in the lecturing field, men and women, who can proclaim with domesthenic and cloven tongues whilst those who know the right will use their bone and sinews in striking terror to the souls of the tyrants, who now usurp the rights of God, angels, and mankind generally. I am not splenetic and rash, but I have within me which would make the ocean one vast sheet of human gore, if it were necessary to save the fallen, the enthralled, and the misled. Brothers and sisters, can you appreciate my feelings? my motives, my zeal in the work before us? Can you realize the duty that rests upon each of us, who knows the right and sees the wrong? Can you let days and years pass away, whilst understanding your duty, making it not your individual and collective business to strike the fatal blow at the national serpent that has crawled over generation after generation, simply because what is everybody's business has so far proven to be nobody's business, until this hydra-headed monster has so snugly and tightly encoiled itself around your necks that you fear to strike the first blow for its disentanglement? In conclusion, I implore and entreat each of you to work in this cause as you do in your workshops to build scientific machinery, 
when this immense machine of human government will bequeath to you and your children the kingdom of heaven. End of chapter 67